Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. God bless you, get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Folks, we're happy to have with us today a filmmaker, an Emmy and Peabody Award winning director of dramatic and documentary subjects. He's twice won the Grand Jury Prize at the Sundance Film Festival for Why We Fight in 2005 and in 2012 for The House I Live In. He was mentored in film by Melvin Van Peebles himself. But today we're gonna talk to him about something very important that he's been doing in terms of documenting the true results and devastation of this pandemic under Trump's watch. Some of you may have seen it. If not, we're gonna introduce you to it today. The Trump death clock. Eugene Jarecki joins us now. Eugene, how you doing, my brother? I'm really doing great. I'm really glad to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Tell us how you came up with the idea of the Trump death clock. Well, I'm a New Yorker, and anybody who lives in New York, and for many people who visit New York, uh, there's an iconic kind of billboard in New York called the Debt Clock, the National Debt Clock. 
And when you walk by it, you look up and you see these numbers <clears throat> ticking upward, rising, rising into the stratosphere. And those are the numbers of the nation's debt. And the clock stands for something. It warns people about the danger of reckless borrowing by America, borrowing as a nation. And then it shows also every family's share, every American family's share of that, uh, of that very dangerous level of borrowing. And it's symbolic and it leaves you with a feeling. And when the pandemic struck and I saw the extraordinary recklessness of Donald Trump and his team who did not take seriously what other world leaders took extremely seriously, and I started to see the incredible death toll and rising uh, infection rates that were resulting, it seemed, from their behavior, I got sensitive to it and I started speaking to leading epidemiologists about it. Um, how should I think about this? And two epidemiologists, Drs. Jewell and Jewell, it's a father and daughter team, they wrote a brilliant piece um, in the New York Times in April that said there was a one-week period in March, between March 9 and March 16, where beyond any other debate you want to have about China or the WHO or the CDC or anybody else, governors, whatever, you can argue about that all you want to, but what was indisputable to leading experts was that between March 9 and March 16, the president chose not to implement mitigation guidelines, and 60% of American deaths resulted from that decision on the president's part. That puts 60% of the American death toll at his door. And I felt we needed a clock, not a debt clock, <clears throat> but a death clock, the Trump death clock, to tell Americans uh, what has been done to them and to tell the president that we are watching. You know, it's interesting too, Eugene, the, the debt clock, D-E-B-T clock, um, was, was always an issue used, not to sound too partisan, but that was an issue used by the president's own party, oftentimes yes. to hold the other party accountable and many times to hold the other party account accountable unfairly. So yeah, if, if we're gonna talk about debt, why can't we hold someone accountable for death too? <clears throat> make a comment about the, the national debt clock while we're on it, because it will bring us back to our conversation about how to think about the Trump death clock. So mm -hmm. on the matter of debt, of borrowing, yes, when I used to see the national debt clock in New York, I knew two things about it. I knew that on the one hand, it was being used as a weapon by the Republican Party against Democrats with the idea that those Democrats and all their welfare programs and all their effort to create a social safety net, to do that, they are borrowing us into the stratosphere. They know no spending that they won't do, et cetera. It was a large campaign, which was really a thinly veiled racist and classist campaign, once again, to sort of make, as Iva Carruthers, as Dr. Iva Carruthers calls it, the impoverished of this country, not the poor, but the impoverished who have been actively impoverished by this country, to add insult to injury and say, not only did we put you through hundreds of years of slavery or indentured servitude, or you came here and were a struggling minority, immigrant group, et cetera, not only did you have to go through all that, but now we're going to insult you for the help, the assistance that we 
on some of us have started to give back to level the playing field. So I was aware that the debt clock had in it racist and classist implications. However, two things can be true at the same time. It is also true that the American way of life, where materialism has become a kind of religion, an, a misguided idea of freedom, as Jimmy Carter put it at the time during his Malaise speech, Americans view consumption and the, the consumption of material things somehow as a kind of expression of their constitutional freedoms. And that is a misguided idea. And that also leads to living beyond one's means, excessive borrowing. I do it. We all do it. And the road to hell is paved with it. So I saw the debt clock as having a, a complex statement. The Trump debt clock does not have a complex statement. It is a blunt statement. You, Mr. President, played political games where leadership was needed. You, Mr. President, did not act when leadership demanded action. You, Mr. President, tried to defy science and dismiss science as irrelevant at a time in history where we need science more than ever for our survival. And the consequences of that, Mr. President, is that over 70,000 American lives were cost by you and your team. That's an incredible fact based on the science that is terrifying to, to contemplate and vital for compelling better behavior either by this president or whoever would replace him if they do. We need responsible pandemic leadership. Yeah, well, you know, I, I just want to stay there for a minute. I would add to that, as you pointed out, Eugene, um, the American culture of consumption, and there's this term that's thrown around a lot, American exceptionalism. I would even dare say that that contributes to the death clock that you have right now. Because what are we seeing? These numbers are going up again. And Trump and his minions, Eugene, have fostered this attitude of invincibility. I don't need a mask. I don't need to stay home. I can gather in crowded places without masks. I mean, I think that's a part of, of a culture of arrogance, too. And that is going to continue <clears throat> to drive those death numbers up. You speak now of the immeasurable. And we know that ever since the measurable action and inaction that happened in the month of March between March 9 and 16, ever since then, there have been countless immeasurables. There were countless immeasurables before the closure of the White House pandemic directorate. That has consequences, immeasurable consequences. The general defiance of science. The general placement in the White House of a failed casino executive who inherited money from his daddy and has not been willing to show the American people whether he actually made money on that money. We have a fraudulent person in the White House, and I am not a member of the Democratic Party, so I'm not naturally opposed to the president because he's a Republican. I could care less. <clears throat> I don't trust or like either of these parties. But what I will say I just think politics is so poisoned in Washington. I don't look to Washington for my solutions. But what we are seeing is a demand for real leadership. You know, we measure our presidents by how they do in the line of fire. We measure them by how they do when the chips are down. We know that Dwight Eisenhower, before the D-Day invasion, wrote a letter apologizing for his failure. In the event that it was a disaster, he was to take total responsibility for it. 
Dwight Eisenhower takes total responsibility because he said he always wanted, you know, Eisenhower wrote um, letters when men fell in the battlefield. He wrote letters very often personally to next of kin. And when asked why he did that as a general, he said he never wanted to stray too far from the consequences of his decision making. That was leadership. When you look at Eleanor and Franklin Roosevelt rising to the occasion of, uh, of um, the depression and the crises of the 1930s and launching the extraordinary public projects of the New Deal and then leading us through World War II, the, the most scary time in our nation's history, we judge our leaders by how they do when the chips are down. This president has been a complete and total failure. And it's why this pandemic came along. And in many ways, it's like, in a way, it's like the hand of God sort of deselecting him as a president because the media system and the technologies of propaganda and corruption that swim around us all the time might have had us confused about anything else. This guy is a complete loser. And worse than being a complete loser, he is a rapacious loser who delights in the uh, body language, language, and even perhaps behavior of rape. And he is certainly someone now who has trafficked in death. He has played games from his bully pulpit where his pulpit could have been used, as he did on March 16, to introduce guidelines, quote, for every American to follow, unquote. So while I don't believe he's a despot, I do recognize that from that pulpit, he has an enormous influence, and he used his influence in a way that has led to the deaths of thousands, where he could have used his influence as Angela Merkel did, and as the leader of South Korea did, and as the leader of, of New Zealand did. He could have been on the winning side of history. He is on the losing side of history. My guess is it will put him on the ash heap of history. Let's hope so. Eugene, the Trump death clock is in Times Square, of course, but it's also been on the road, too. You all took it to uh, the Tulsa event and to Washington, D.C. to circle the White House on the 4th of July. The Trump death clock goes where it goes. It goes where people seek to have it. So we launched it in Times Square, and a kind of tour is forming of people who have called me from one quadrant uh, of the country or another um, and have said, we want to bring it to our community. So uh, uh, someone called me and reached out from the West Palm Beach area. So we are actually going to find the Trump death clock next um, now that it has left, now that it's visited D.C. and left D.C. And it was here as a truck, a kind of a truck that circled the White House and circled town. And it did two things. The Trump death clock shows the numbers the hard numbers that are rising every day of the death toll related to Donald Trump's measurable actions. Again, we spoke of the immeasurable that we can't even know. Those are much higher numbers, but we'll be conservative and say we're, in the, we're above 70,000. You know, very often people say to me, well, I want the death clock to be higher. You should, it's over 100 and whatever. That's, you should blame the president for that. Well, no, he's not mother nature and he's not God. He has played a role and we tried to quantify that role conservatively, which frustrates some on the left, but so be it. I'm here to be scientific and accurate. I'm not here to uh, take political revenge on somebody. I'm here to compel the president uh, to behave differently. And if he's not gonna do it, uh, then the country should replace him with someone who will. But in order to compel him to behave differently, the, the Trump death clock 
is on tour and it will follow him throughout this campaign year and make it uncomfortable for him to look away. Uh, it's traveling to West Palm Beach and that area um, to be on the highway there on the exact stretch of road that he must pass to get to Mar-a-Lago. Somebody said to me, well, he might not want to go to Mar-a-Lago then. And I said, great, that might keep him at his desk doing his job. So if we can prevent him from going to Mar-a-Lago because he doesn't want to have to drive under a Trump death clock telling the world uh, about the deaths caused by his inaction, then great. Then I will consider that a public service of the Trump death clock to keep the commander in chief at a time of national crisis in Washington. Yes, sir. So um, that's where it will go next. And it will continue throughout the campaign season to follow him to key spots along the campaign route. This is great, Eugene. Folks, you can find out more at TrumpDeathClock.com. Also on social media, Trump Death Clock. Um, and you can actually see video of it in Times Square. It's, it's quite uh, something to see. Eugene Jarecki, thank you, man. And thank you for um, sharing this with the public and keeping us informed. I think this is very important. Thank you very much for having me, Mark. Yes, sir. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.